Love Talk Radio. Truth. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence by the military-industrial complex. Are the Bible's prophecies today's reality? This could be the sign that signals the return of Christ. World leaders are working behind the curtains. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. Secret societies, secret oaths, secret proceedings. Now, get ready for an hour of truth that will make you think. We'll examine Bible prophecy and see how close we are to the return of Jesus Christ for His church. You're in the zone. Politics, Israel, the Middle East, the revised European superstate, and more. All in the zone. This is the Prophecy Zone with your host, Phil Armstrong. Coming to y'all on a Sunday night, uh, Sabbath rest for some people. <laughs> for other people, it's Sunday. God, you go to your place of worship and uh, uh, and worship the one and true God. Uh, we have uh, two great guests. Uh, first guest is Chris Heap, and he is from Good News for Israel. We're going to be talking about. Uh, the Jewish uh, uh, people. We're going to be talking about the conditions. Uh, we are, we're going to be talking about um, the world's, um, how the world looks at Israel. We're going to talk about the Middle East, the current situation. Um, and then I want to definitely go into Messianic um, uh, Jewish um, history and, and various other areas that we go to. Now, we end up sticking to one um, subject, which is what's going on there right now, that'll be fine with me. And uh, and anti-Semitism is uh, running rapid uh, in our culture today, and we know that um, there is an enemy who hates Israel. Uh, the main enemy is Satan himself, because the offspring of Israel was uh, those who are preaching the gospel. The gospel came from the uh, uh, person by the name of Abraham. The promise was to Abraham, and now the gospel is going out, and the promise was that a Messiah will come at a later time and will preach the gospel or preach his word of the kingdom of God, and and 2,000 years later, he will return back to earth to proclaim his victory over this uh, world. Um, The next guest... um, will be Eric Berger, um, and this uh, guy uh, will, will, is uh, right down my alley. <laughs> uh, of course, Israel is, too. So two guests today is right down my alley. Uh, and this uh, he's the author of um, books, uh, the one book from Rock to Rock, 
uh, also entertaining spirits unaware of uh, the end time occult invasion, uh, disarming the powers of darkness, and so forth and so on. So we look forward to both of these guests. And also we're going to go ahead and play our uh, one of our new uh, uh, intros before I bring my guests on. We'll be right back. Enter the zone. The Prophecy Zone. Your end time watchman. Bringing you light in a dark world. Where truth is rivaled with a lie, and the Matrix is normal life. Luke 21. And there shall be signs in the sun, and in the moon, and in the stars, and upon the earth distress of nations, with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear, and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken, and then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud, with power and great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. You are now in the zone. So be ready to enter the light or truth about the end of days. So you will be ready for the coming of the Lord. You are in the zone. The prophecy zone. So join us for the next hour as we look at world events in line with Bible prophecy. So you'll be informed and be ready for the coming of Jesus Christ. You're entering the prophecy zone where truth will be reviled. You're entering the zone where truth is more stranger than fiction. You're entering the zone where you'll find that good is evil, blue is red, black is white, truth alive. You're entering the zone where you'll find that every human is in a race for his or her soul. And truth is more stranger than fiction. Wars. The Mark of the Beast, Israel, the European Superstate, the Rapture of the Church, and more. Don't be afraid to enter the zone, the Prophecy Zone. Join us on the Prophecy Zone as we talk about world events in line of Bible prophecy, end time revelation, how soon is Jesus Christ coming back to is a pre-trap rapture that we're looking for, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Titus 2.13. Keep looking up, for the Lord is coming soon. Alright, um, let's look at uh, the ministry, um, GNFI, um, Good News for Israel. Um, uh, I believe strongly of supporting my Jewish brothers and sisters, uh, and um, it is something that Christians should be doing. Um, the ministry uh, is involved all around the world. Uh, it's good news for Israel. is a 130-year-old ministry of dialogue, proclamation, education, and reconciliation between the Jews and the Christian community that takes a strong and active stand against anti-Semitism. From its headquarters in St. Louis Park, Minnesota, Good News encourages awe and the respect for and acceptance of the Jewish people as God's chosen people among the nations. 
although we respect the right for each person, this is ministry speaking, to practice his or her own religion and spiritual belief, we present the saving knowledge of Yeshua, Jesus, according to our understanding of the Bible or biblical uh, directives, to make disciples of the nations um, beginning with the children of Israel. Uh, and it says, um, uh, our specific ministries include Isaiah 1:18 resources and dialogue center teachings, worships, so they do workshops and presentations for churches, uh, advocacy, combating an, an, anti-Semitism, personal relationship, re- relational witnessing, uh, which is great, uh, media, media uh, communicating with Christians and the Jews, and touring trips to Israel. So they do trips to Israel uh, likewise. Uh, so we're gonna, without further ado, we're going to bring our guest on. Chris? Yeah, Philip, thank you for having me on. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. Why don't you go ahead and tell us a little, some, something about yourself and your ministry, and how you how you got involved. Well, thank you, Philip. Uh, I actually was born in Europe uh, 50-some years ago and came over to the States, and my my last name was Heeb. Uh-huh. And, and Heeb is a, a slang term for being a Hebrew, a Hebe, a Jew. And so uh, throughout my life and my young life, I was, as I grew up in Minnesota, there was a lot of Lutherans and Catholics around me. And uh, as I got older, they started to call me a Christ killer. And, and, you know, it was interesting because my parents told me I was Lutheran. Hmm. And, uh, you know, when you're a kid, what's a Lutheran? You don't know what a Lutheran is either, you know what I mean? But uh, I remember the the Lutherans and Catholics said that Jews were Christ killers. So I yeah. was very fascinated by that because I really didn't know a Christ. Uh-huh. And, uh, and then uh, as I got older, you know, I, I had a lot of Jewish friends because I was – because of my name – I was usually put into these small groups with with Jewish kids in them, yeah. and and so I found out uh, I had a firsthand opportunity to find out what it was like to be Jewish yeah. and to be persecuted and hated for uh, numerous reasons. Yeah, and and so uh, I I was really interested when I was growing up in the seventies. I remember, uh, you know, in, in in high school and college. Uh, I was I really enjoyed the you know the Woodstock song, you know getting back to the garden. Yeah. But but Phil, you know what was interesting? Uh, Joni Mitchell, who wrote that song, with the help of her spirit guide named guide named Charlie. Uh-huh. He he actually the spirit guide actually gave her scripture and says, "We want to get back to the garden to undo the devil's bargain." <laughs> Pretty interesting words. Anyway, uh, I started, uh, I was challenged after the suicide of my best friend to Mm -hmm. read the Bible and and find some answers. Well, to my shock, I found out the Bible was a Jewish story. Mm -hmm. I thought it was was a Catholic story or a Lutheran story or a Baptist story. And then I found out that Jesus was the king of the Jews. And I found out that God sent him here, and he had a major plan for the world. 
primarily working through the Jewish people, starting with Abraham. Yeah. And so I was challenged by all these things, and I ended up, you know, trying to disprove the Bible. You know, Phil, I, if you hope you don't mind, I can call you Phil or Philip, right? Yeah, Phil, Phil, great. Yeah, I, I, I found out that nothing in the Bible, nothing, has ever been disproved. Wow, yeah. Now, now, not everything has been proved, but nothing has ever been disproved. I was really shocked about that. Wow. And, and then I found out more has been written about Jesus Christ than any other single topic combined. Wow. Well, I ended up giving my life to Christ. Uh, it was great for me because I was uh, uh, addicted to uh marijuana. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was addicted to alcohol. I was addicted to sex. I was addicted to everything. Yeah. And I was, I couldn't believe what it was like to be set free from those issues. After that, I became a maniac for understanding the Bible and history. And wow. I, I found out, I have like 30 some Bibles and, you know, I, <laughs> I was so bored when in school when I was growing up, but once I got saved, I got really interested in, you know, who are we, why are we here, where are we going, yeah. and it, it's interesting. That's exactly what George Harrison of the Beatles uh, said was the three most important questions in life: Who are you? Why are you here? Where are you going? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you, Philip, you know this. If you, until you answer. You know who are why are you here you're you're probably not going to have a fulfilled life <laughs> you know yeah. you you're you're, you're going to be lost and wandering around looking for purpose and meaning and yeah. uh, it doesn't mean your life's going to be perfect by any means but for me I found out because I had so many relatives living in Europe my my, my parents, uh, all my, the majority of my older relatives were all born uh, during World War II. Hmm. My my grandparents were born during World War One, and my parents during World War Two, and you know they have a bunch of war war stories. Hmm. And, and uh, you know the, the 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 typical story was like uh, Adolf Hitler, you know, had control of the airwaves uh, yeah. in the late 30s uh, through the mid-40s. And so on Sunday afternoon, Hitler used to pipe his uh, propaganda into Switzerland. Mm-hmm. And, and and he, he what a fascinating and evil character, to say the least. Well, yeah. I, I, my uncle was a border guard on the north, uh, north border of Switzerland, and it's, it was a couple hours... From Dachau concentration camp, mm-hmm. and he told me the stories about you know when you, during a war you're either bored to death or you're scared to death. Yeah. And and, and he he said they just sat around smoking cigarettes, uh, you know, guarding the border, and they would smell this this fire, something burning. Uh, you know, a couple hours into Germany, but they couldn't figure out what it was. Well, I ended up wanting to know, you know, what causes people to be a part of the Holocaust? What causes them to, uh, 
you know, do what they did. And I found out it was called anti-Semitism. It was called uh, the hatred of the chosen people. And by the grace of God, I got involved with understanding that and found out that the Bible is a, a, a book of stories about God's love for its chosen people, the Israelites, and yeah. of eventually in the New Testament, the church. Yes, yes, indeed, yes, indeed. Uh, what uh, is the um, your understanding of that uh, uh, as far as uh, Christianity is concerned uh, in the Holocaust? I mean, what what was the, um, the Christian view? Uh, role at that time. Well, you know, Philip, uh, that's an interesting question. I uh, I feel that Christianity, true biblical Christianity, was essentially hijacked at the <laughs> Council of Nicaea. Yeah. And in the in the Council of Nicaea that was in 325, uh, that was by Emperor Constantine, and uh, he called it. Uh, to deal with the issues of uh, dealing with bringing in millions, millions of pagans, pagans from around the uh, Roman Empire into this faith of following supposedly Jesus Christ the Savior. Well, he had a pretty big problem, and what he decided to do was uh, they decided to divorce themselves from the faith uh, or the roots of their faith by uh, uh, disallowing the involvement with Passover, the Last Supper. They changed the date of the uh, Last Supper and renamed it Ishtar, or what we call Easter. Mm -hmm. i got to tell you, Philip, it, it was pretty bizarre. They... They made sure that you, they made these decrees that you couldn't be involved with the Jewish people in any way. It was illegal uh, to marry them. It was uh, uh, it, you weren't allowed to uh, convert to Judaism. On the uh, you could be sentenced to death. You um, the Jews were considered scum. They they were it was written in the councils that. The Jewish people were responsible uh, for the death of Jesus. Now, what was ironic about that it, it is, you know, technically the Romans uh, killed Jesus. Yeah. But, Philip, do you know anybody that hates the Italians? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I love it. I love Italian food. I, I love Chinese food. It doesn't matter. I don't hate anybody because of what happened uh you know, 2,000 years ago, but yeah. uh, there was a curse put on them by the, the Greco-Roman pagan Catholic Church at the time, and it's funny, the, 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 the new pope uh, just wrote a book that's coming out next week making a case for that the Jews were not responsible for killing Jesus. It was really our sins. Well, I gotta hand it to you. I, I would kiss the Pope's ring for that, because uh, that would be scripturally accurate. The, the religious leaders of Israel in the first century definitely condemned Jesus 
that he was not the Messiah. Having said that, the Council of Nicaea enforced that uh, theology, and unfortunately, uh, the Reformation, Martin Luther and the Germans of the Reformation in the you know, 16th century uh, kept alive that uh, theology and doctrine. And by the time they got to the 20th century, Hitler used to use uh, Martin Luther's uh, uh, statements uh, and quotes verbatim uh, to the Austrian and German people. So uh, he virtually got the most important theologian of the last thousand years to underwrite the Holocaust, which which is very tragic because Martin Luther says, "Look at you should you should kill them at every opportunity. You should burn their books. You should have nothing to do with them." So I hate to say it, but uh, Martin Luther and his hatred of the Jews. Uh, went a long way to uh, setting up the foundation for the Holocaust. So, Philip. Hello. We still connected here? Brother? Yes. Okay, sorry about that. I don't know what just happened. Uh, I got booted That's offline. A- That's okay. Well, you know, you just tell me to back up to wherever you want. I'll start again. Oh no, go ahead and go. I, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll pick up. I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good at that. We, okay, this is Blog Talk Radio. We get kicked off a lot. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> the 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 bottom line is, brother, the that unfortunately uh, Martin Luther. Uh, I don't believe he intended to, in any way, shape, or form, have have a part of the Holocaust. But unfortunately, his words were used against him. And you know, you mentioned it before, brother, in your introduction. It was so great. There is a supernatural hatred for the Jewish people, and, and that's really what fuels the, this hatred uh, of the Jews, because God chose them to bring divine revelation, salvation revelation of a Savior to the world. And because of that, they're despised by Satan, which most people don't believe in a real Satan. Well, you and I know it. All you need to do is read the paper every day. I mean, it seems like, uh, you know, I mean, look at Mexico. What is it? I mean, mass murders in Mexico every day. Uh, There's just chronic murder and drug addiction and epidemics all over the world, not even counting the tsunamis, the earthquakes, the 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 the, the, the nuclear fallout, the, the wars in the Middle East. I mean, this planet's in a world of hurt. And that's exactly what Jesus spoke about uh, in his end times Olivet Discourse, which, you know, is spoken of in Matthew 24, Mark 13, and Luke 21. So I always tell people if uh, if it disagrees with Jesus, forget it. <laughs> and uh, I, I get people to ask me all the time, are we living in the last days? And I says, well, I think a blind man would be able to tell you that. But yes, because uh, Peter, 
the Apostle Peter, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, said in Acts 2, we are now living in the last days. Hello, brother. Hello, brother Philip. Okay, can you hear me? I sure can. Okay, I had to call in as a guest because that was I'm on the actual phone landline right now. Uh, okay, I, I'm telling you when you get when you start talking about uh, God's people uh, or anything else that this show covers, you, you get a lot of interference. So um, you know what? You're back. exactly right. That's exactly true. We should actually talk about that sometime. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what, what what's going on uh, in the current news uh, that that's grabbing your attention as far as Israel is concerned? Well, wow. You know, I I read uh, a lot about what the rabbis say. It's, as an example, when you know when we have these things that the world calls natural disasters, uh, the rabbis call that the footsteps of the Messiah. Wow. And and the louder and worse they get means the closer that the, uh, for them, the first coming of the Lord and for us, the second coming. Yeah. But, but, but you and I know there's a seven-year peace treaty in between. Now, what's interesting, brother, in, you know, in Daniel 9, uh, the greatest scientist in history, uh, who's Isaac Newton, Isaac Newton said in the 14th century that uh, he would bet everything he had that the Bible was absolute fact based upon the book of Daniel, chapter 9, verses 24 through 27. And it makes a case for the first coming, the second coming, and the tribulation. And okay. so uh, with the world... Uh, look at what, what Israel has. I think it's half of one percent of the world's land mass. It's like eight thousand square miles. And I, I know that the just the Arab Muslims, <laughs> the Arab Muslims have over a, a million square miles, <laughs> and it's it's not enough. So yeah. I. I have to believe, I mean, there's another example of empirical evidence. Why why couldn't the Arabs and the Muslims leave the Jews alone? Well, they're not capable of it. I, I did campus ministry at the University of Minnesota, one of the largest campuses in the country. Uh, I, want, I want to say they had 35,000 students you know, at, at the campus any given day. Well, 
I set up a table for seven years yeah. to, take, to take on everyone and their cousin in regard to the issue of God, the issue of prophecy, and it, it gets it boils down to Israel, the, the nation of Israel and the Jewish people are by far the most significant and and despised people in the world. And if you study the United Nations, which I have, I want to say since their inception, like in 1947, more than 50% of the legislation that they've ever uh, pushed through or voted on has been in regard to the nation of Israel. Yeah. Now, now brother Philip, how crazy is that? I mean, a, a country of uh, ha- uh, six million people, and and uh, uh, half of one percent of the landmass that they spend half their time on the issues of Israel and the Promised Land. Well, well, uh, one thing I've uh, been looking at at this ministry for a couple of months is um, uh, the fact that if we wake up tomorrow, and we know this is not going to happen by far because God's word will come out true, but uh, we wake up tomorrow, just being sarcastic, if we wake up tomorrow, Rhode Island is now God's people. Guess who everybody's going to go? All those countries, all those states around Rhode Island is coming. Is probably going to be starting to threaten Rhode Island. So um, the thing, the way I look at it, and it might be the wrong way, but um, God said these are my people, and uh, there was a promise in um, Genesis um, 12. He says, "Those who bless Israel will be blessed, and those who curse Israel will be cursed." Um, so. Uh, with that being said, uh, God chose Israel because just like with, where, when they asked, uh, he says, Esau, I, 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 he says, Jacob, I love Esau, I hate it. God has the prerogative um, to choose who he pleases. Um, I was watching a video, and it was, uh, it was an atheist video, and they said, they were saying, um, what makes you think, you know, God can just, do this and this and this, and then <laughs> it's like because he's God, he can do what he wants to do, and they hold yep. God these pyramid, pyramid, uh, their own rational thinking. So the world is holding, um, the world is jealous of Israel based off the, and they can't stand Israel based off the fact they don't know it, but the spiritual realm is activated, it's being active. They, um, the one, the the very um, enemy. Uh, of society who wants to kill and steal and destroy men's souls is the same uh, active uh, entity that's working in the destruction of the Jewish people. And, and of course, you want to kill the baby before the the the, the baby grows up and preaches the gospel. I mean, not only if, did, did they go after Moses uh, uh, in his time, they also went after the baby Jesus. So they're going after the the offspring, which is Israel. Of course, they're going to do that. And then when he's done with that, he's going to go after the church, which is the offspring of Israel. So um, that's just my anger. <laughs> Recently, no, that, well, that's excellent, excellent preaching, brother. Uh, it is so true that, that you know the Jewish people are in ignorance of why they were chosen, yeah. and and of course. If the world doesn't study, you know, God's diary, 
God's manual. I, I, I tell people the Bible stands for basic instructions before leaving earth. Yeah, and and if you don't study the manual, well, you're of course going to come up with your own theories on a lot of things. Yeah, and God's made it clear that uh, in the last days I will return, bring back the uh, dispersed, the lost of Israel. I'll bring them back to this this tiny land, this area called the Promised Land, and I will restore them. Uh, to their intended glory. And he yeah. says it's not because they deserve it, yeah. but it's because I love them in spite of themselves. And, you know, Philip, you and I have all had a cat, a dog, a kid, that uh-huh. in spite of themselves we love them and yeah. put up with them, and, and that's because we have chosen to love them in a unique way. And and so I, I'm amazed. I read the Arab uh, websites uh, and Muslim websites on a regular basis, uh-huh. and it's very it's very fascinating. Uh, most of them blame Israel for their cultural and uh, economic problems. It, mm-hmm. It's funny, Philip. I want to say three weeks ago the the Pope. The Pope of the Greek Orthodox in Greece uh, told the media that Greece's problem is because of Israel. Wow. And I remember I just started laughing. I said, talk about a scapegoat. How can you blame Israel for your problems? They're, they're yeah. not bombing you. They're not, they're, 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 they're not, they have very limited interaction with them. But look yeah. at the, the the Nazis blamed the Jews, hmm. uh, you know, and uh, there, many people, many nations now uh, blame the Jews for their problems. So I really appreciate your perspective, Philip, that uh, the Jews mm-hmm. were chosen to bring salvation to the world. You know, it's interesting in in Zechariah two eight, it says there that in an interesting way it says that Israel is the apple of God's eye. And when you pull out a Hebrew concordance, uh, the, word, the word there is not apple, it's pupil. Yeah. And so think about it, brother. I call my daughter my pumpkin. Yeah. Well, she's not orange and lumpy, right? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> but... Pupil means that everything that God sees is through the prism of Israel. And, yeah. and, like, and like you said, it's basically uh, Genesis 12, 1 through 3. If you curse Israel and the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, uh, I will curse you. And if you bless them, I will bless you. And I, I'm convinced... The reason America has been so blessed is because they have chosen to bless the Jewish people like no one else. Yes. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And that is an um, awesome thing. Um, I'm, we're going to quickly take a break, and then um, 
I'll be right back. Once again, I'm going to go ahead and play one of my um, new uh, theme songs, and we'll be right back. Thank you. Enter the zone. The Prophecy Zone. Your end-time watchman, bringing you light in a dark world where truth is rivaled with a lie and the matrix is normal life. Luke 21. And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth for the powers of heaven shall be shaken and then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory and when these things begin to come to pass then look up and lift up your heads for your redemption draweth nigh. You are now in the zone. So be ready to enter the light or truth about the end of days so you will be ready for the coming of the Lord. You are in the zone. The prophecy zone. So join us for the next hour as we look at world events in line with Bible prophecy so you'll be informed and be ready for the coming of Jesus Christ. You're entering the prophecy zone where truth will be reviled. You're entering the zone where truth is more stranger than fiction. You're entering the zone where you'll find that good is evil, blue is red, black is white, and truth alive. You're entering the zone where you'll find that every human is in a race of his or her soul, and truth is more stranger than fiction. Wars. The mark of the beast, Israel, the European superstate, the rapture of the church, and more. Don't be afraid to enter the zone. The Prophecy Zone. Blog Talk Radio. Jacob, especially Jacob, oh my God, before he was renamed Israel. 
Yeah. Um, these guys were the epitome of needing God's help. Um, all of those guys had their weaknesses. Um, and yeah. I mean, then you go to Moses, which needed God's help. And even Aaron, poor Aaron, they went up to the mountain. Uh, Moses went up to the mountain to uh, pray, and he came down. And these guys were re degenerated to support their own thing. It, so, it, it, uh, the, see, God is looking for a heart that is, that is, that is, that is moist and soft and that's honest. That's why he said to Nathaniel, um, and uh, he says that uh, he says he was approaching, he said, look at this. Here comes someone with no gall, meaning trickery. You know, you try to deceive yourself and you go in and look in the mirror and then immediately walk away and forget what you look like. And that comes with ignorance of not reading the word of God and applying it to your life. Um, you you want to go to church? You want to play the role? You want to you want to go to the you know uh, wherever your place of worship is? And you and and, and 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 we're doing that. People are doing this all across the world. Where we're where we we want to somewhere down in there. We want to serve God because there's a vacuum. But then we don't know due to lack of knowledge or distorted knowledge that we need to apply God's word. Because what did David say? He says, God's word was a lamp to his feet. So when you, if you're walking in the forest at nighttime uh, and you don't have a light, you're going to fall and bust your head. And that's what God is saying over and over again. And to apply that to even more, uh, if you're walking in the darkness and you fall and bust your head, and the spirit in the in the physical, you're gonna do the same thing in the spiritual. So, and it can be on both planes all at the same time. For instance, finances. If you don't have God's word to guide you financially, uh, you could fall on your head. Uh, what about picking a spouse? You can fall on your head. But anyway, um, I have a guest on. Let me get back to this guest. Uh, awesome guest. Uh, I, I, I want to get you back on. Um, uh, of course, I got you for a few more minutes, um, and uh, I want to uh, talk to you offline and and kind of pick pick your brain and see where you where, what you would like to talk about because I can tell you got a lot to say. <laughs> you got a lot to say. Uh, now, go, let's continue on and let's talk about. Do, are you familiar with Bible prophecy? Uh, you mean is that a particular book or program or thirty eight and thirty nine? Uh, oh, thirty thirty nine? Yes. Oh, I'm I'm very familiar with that. I I teach that on a regular basis. Well, let's go and quickly t- touch on that, and then that'll be our, uh, our our segue into the next show when you come on. Okay. Well, if if you don't mind, Philip, I'd like to back up into Ezekiel thirty six and thirty seven. Okay. And and summarize them. I see those four chapters as a unit because Uh uh, God tells uh, Ezekiel uh, to uh, kind of, uh, that he's going to tell him about, he's going to be uh, restoring these these dried up bones and the lost house of Israel and Judah and that he's going to put them together supernaturally. And he says, I'm going to restore Israel uh, to the land of Israel, but they're going to come back in spiritual darkness. He's going to restore them first physically and then 
spiritually because a lot of people complain to me, well, the Jews aren't saved, so why should we endorse them? We shouldn't, why should we bless them? Well, I say, I tell them, first of all, God tells you to bless them regardless. Uh, Number two, the overwhelming evidence that God is restoring them proves beyond a shadow of a doubt that prophecy is true. And then he says, once I restore them physically and then spiritually, I'm going to allow them to be attacked by a, uh, a group of uh, Muslims. It doesn't say Muslims in the scripture, but it does say Persia. It says uh, uh, Syrians. It says uh, uh, Arabs or the descendants of Ishmael. And it says the very interesting thing, brother, that it's uh, the the battle of Gog and Magog. Yes. And, and what's interesting, without getting too deep into it, those are fascinating titles. And... Uh, Gog is, means uh, the head of, uh, or the uh, the prince of, this area called Magog. Yeah. Now, it's real interesting. I've read a lot of books on uh, people debating that topic. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting is my my father used to go to China for business for like fifteen to twenty years. Uh-huh. Now, what's what's interesting is. The Great Wall of China, which is the greatest man-made uh, thing uh, ever built, and you, it's uh, one of the very few man-made objects you can see from space. Mm-hmm. It, 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 the locals don't call it the Great Wall of China. They call it the Wall of Gog. Wow. They, they've wanted to keep, and what... What country borders China? Russia. Russia. So I tell people, okay, so you don't like the Bible, huh? Well, what do you think of the Great Wall of China? And they said, what about it? I said, well, the Wall of China was built by the Chinese to keep the Russians out. And they call it the Wall of Gog and Magog. So I tell them, whether they like it or not, the Bible's true. So I'm convinced uh, that there's going to be a war in the very near future with uh, the, the remnants of the Soviet Empire or so-called Russians and, uh-huh. and the, uh, the Arab states. Uh, and I would say the number one state, and it would be Iran. Iran is not an Arab state. Yeah. It's actually a Medo-Persian state, and, and, and it's uh, a cousin of the Arabs, but they see themselves as the uh, heirs or descendants of uh, Muhammad and the Mahdi, and they're hell-bent on bringing about the coming of the Mahdi, yeah. which, which is their concept of the Messiah. So, uh-huh. uh, brother, I just see these things lining up. Yeah. The, uh, I expect uh, the dominoes for the rest of these Arab 
Muslim countries to uh, collapse uh, from their um, dictatorships, and they will be looking for a uh, religious uh, and military leader to uh, unite them against Israel. And I think they've been looking for their big brother, Russia. Um, Other than Saudi Arabia, uh, Russia provides 90% of the armaments and weapons to the Arab Muslim world. Only, Only America provides the majority of the weapons to Saudi Arabia, and that's primarily in the Air Force. So Russia has a lot at stake, uh, tens uh, of billions, maybe hundreds of billions of dollars over the decades yeah. to uh, support and endorse the Arab Muslim countries. And so uh, I would tell people if if, if there's a 1% chance <laughs> that the Bible's true, and I, and I think there's a thousand percent chance what would it hurt them to study a little bit and find out that God predicted these things in advance and they will all come to pass. Every prophecy that God's ever said that was supposed to pass up until now has happened. Yeah. And I, and I would you and I know Philip there's the is the Gog Magog and and there's also the potential of uh the Psalm 83. Yeah. Uh, it's an obscure story. Uh, it talks about these immediate countries that surround Israel, and they decide to take Israel on. Yeah. I- Iran, Iran is not included in the Psalm 83 war, so I, I, I hesitate to say uh, that it's Gog, Magog, it's the same thing. All I yeah. know is, and what you know is, the there is a time coming in the near future where the where the Arab Muslims are going to decide again yeah. to fight Israel, and they're going to lose. You and I know they lose every time. Yeah. They can they cannot win. I mean, it's not possible. Yeah. So I can hear it now too. Uh, we, we can change this. We can do this. We can do it. We can. We got to do it differently. This is this is how we're going to win. We're going to do it different than we did it the first time and still get their butt kicked. I can see it now. <laughs> you, you know what's amazing? I tell people that if I wasn't married with three kids, and I married a YWAM missionary, by the way, uh, uh-huh. if I wasn't married with three kids, there's only one place I'd want to be. I I would Israel. go in in the Israeli <laughs> army. And yeah. I would I, I would encourage them and say, look it, you guys cannot lose. Yeah. You 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 might lose some men, you might lose some equipment, but I gotta tell you right now, this, chance this, is better. This, <laughs> this, this war, so yeah, this United States Army. Right, and I tell people the day America turns on Israel, and I think that's in the very near future. I think that America will be toast. I I yeah. actually I actually believe that God is in the process of judging America right now. Well, it's in the form of slow kill. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> you're, you're right. Well, it so is. I, I mean, I'm not. I'm, I, mean, I love my country, but I'm, I'm just saying that kind of, you know, kind of. I don't know. But um, yeah, you can. Um, do you know you can actually? Uh, you can actually. 
uh, judge someone by prosperity. Uh, and w- let me tell you why. Because if you give if you give a soldier two hundred dollars, yeah, and they they already have an alcoholic pro- uh, alcoholic problem. They they like to drink. Well, if you give somebody two hundred dollars, you can very well be um, sending them to the slaughter. Uh, and a lot of times you don't. Stop by a drunk at you know out in public and give him two hundred dollars because you're scared he's going to get in the vehicle and do something to himself. Well, that's the same thing. Prosperity can kill you. Uh, it can it, it can get you numb. It can get you off track, and it can it can lead you away from Christ. It can lead you away from the very true person who came two thousand years and died on the cross. I'm not saying that that's um, that's the norm. I'm just saying the dangers of money. Uh, that's why the Jesus, uh, when the ruler, rich, rich guy came up to him and said, "Well, what must I do to inherit the kingdom?" He said, "Give what you have and sell it to the poor. Then you have eternal life and come follow me." What did he do? Well, it didn't say what his what his eternal punishment was, but at that point he walked away and said, and then Jesus said, "It's hard to get into heaven, but with God all things are possible." So prosperity, United States has prosperity, and I, and I see it every day in my life that people are falling asleep just off of prosperity. But anyway, I'm sorry, sir. Sorry, bro. <laughs> no, no, no. You're you're right. Uh, the 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 false gospel and idol of worshiping yeah. materialism. I remember when I got saved 30 years ago, 32 years ago. Uh, I wanted a Ferrari and a mansion. Yeah. Well, I I am so grateful that God did not do that for me. Um, you can't wait for heaven, could you? you know, <laughs> no, I'm, well, I, I'm fortunate. You know, I I live in a nice small house in a in a middle class neighborhood, but yeah. you know, I'm I, I'm I know that everything we have is temporary. Yes, sir. And and I I you know Bill Gates, the richest people in the world are usually atheists. Yeah. I mean, Bill Gates is an atheist. Warren Buffett's an atheist, and you know what? They don't have to pray to anybody. They don't. Have to, they're not thankful to anybody, mm-hmm. right? So they're. You're right. They have false idols, and it's going to take the idol of materialism and wealth for God to judge America for them to come back to the Lord or to come yeah. to the Lord for the first time. Yeah. So, Philip, uh, I've had an awesome time with you. I'm looking forward to any time you uh, you want to talk to somebody, and uh, I'll send you you know a bunch of information about us. And uh, I I would love to uh, you know have a closer relationship with you and what you're trying to do. Okay. And and, uh, I think it's awesome. You know the 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 Bible is the diary of God, and if the difference is he wrote it in advance. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, brother, it's been quite a pleasure to to be on with you. And uh, I I uh, I don't know if you have any other questions uh, at this yeah, time. Um, yeah, give give everybody your information once again. Oh sure. Well, it, we're uh, we're the oldest uh, Messianic Jewish ministry in the country. We're uh, we're 134 years old. We're on the web. We've been on radio for five years. Uh, we're we're good news for Israel, and that's gnfi.org. That's gnfi.org, and we have a lot of uh, material that's available for free. 
and we have some material on online uh, for donations or for specific costs. But uh, we believe that uh, we we talk about the the gospel to the Jew first because that's what it said in Romans one sixteen that Paul was not ashamed of the gospel. He believed it was the power of God unto salvation to the Jew first and then to the Gentile. Well, you know, it's funny, uh, Philip, uh, the word salvation in the Hebrew is Yeshua. And that's yeah. that's the real name of Jesus. And it's also interesting, uh, if, if Jesus, if you were to transliterate his name into English, it would be Joshua. It would be Yehoshua, Joshua. And Joshua means the salvation of the Lord. So uh, I, I read the Bible periodically in Hebrew and Greek, and I pay attention to when I see salvation. People say that Jesus' name is not in the Bible. Well, I say from the English-Greek transliteration, it's only in the New Testament. But if you look for salvation in the Old Testament, uh, you will find Yeshua all over the place. Yeah. So that's that's another way to look at the Bible. Uh, and, and the Bible's all about Him, all about God wanting to redeem mankind. And yes, sir. Uh, I, think, I thank God He's done that with me and you, Philip. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Praise God. I am pretty pretty blessed, uh, and uh, the peace that God gives us is. Um, Surpasses all understanding. It's an amazing peace, uh, especially when you're not living you know, for the uh, ornaments of this world. Because this stuff, like you said earlier, is going to pass away. But thank you so much. I'll be. I want to bring you back on and uh, talk to you offline. Also, uh, that's okay yeah. with you. Well, yeah, okay. great brother. Call, you, you know, call me anytime. You know, when you have an opportunity. Uh, you know, I'm usually uh, around the office between you know uh, ten and four Monday through Friday. So just Give me a sh- give me a hug when you have time and we'll talk. Okay, thank you, brother. You have a great okay. day. Thank you. Bless Bye. you. Shalom. Shalom. Yes. Awesome interview. Uh, we're gonna take a another break, and uh, we'll be right back. And we're gonna bring on our next guest. We'll be right back. Enter the zone, the prophecy zone, your end time watchman, bringing you light in a dark world where truth is rivaled with a lie and the matrix is normal life. Luke 21, and there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear. And for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud, with power and great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. You are now in the zone. So be ready to enter the light or truth about the end of days, so you will be ready for the coming of the Lord. You are in the zone, the prophecy zone. So join us for the next hour as we look at world events in line with Bible prophecy so you'll be informed and be ready for the coming of Jesus Christ. 
Connecting the dots and showing you why we are more vulnerable than ever. Greetings, fellow Americans. This is David Robertson, inviting you to come be a part of an American Warning Radio, Monday through Friday, 1 to 3 p.m. Central. You've seen the pieces. Now, come see the bigger picture, an American Warning Radio, with your host, David Robertson, on this and many other networks that value liberty. All they're getting is mainstream media stuff. That's all they're getting, including Fox News. The American Warning Program with David Robertson, uh, just a great show. Uh, all kidding aside, the, the numbers are really going, starting to go up on that program, and I think one once people realize that that's on now live, Monday through Friday, 1 o'clock to 3 o'clock on this very station, you're going to be tuning in a lot more. That guy makes a lot of sense, and he's really good at what he does. Warning. Warning. This habit forming. This habit forming. Use the truth carefully. Get more information at anamericanwarning.com. That's anamericanwarning.com. lays out our future, and host Phil Armstrong examines what the scripture tells of his coming every Thursday and Sunday at 7 on The Prophecy Zone. What is the New World Order? The people who are talking about the New World Order, Bible prophecy, may be in danger. What do you need to be rapture ready? I believe that the Bible interprets the Bible, and we have to stick with the Bible. How much time is left? See more at theprophecyzone.com and youtube.com slash prophecyzone. Hear more here on Blog Talk Radio every Thursday and Sunday at 7 on The Prophecy Zone. Who is the Antichrist? I believe the Antichrist will not be known until the tribulation period starts. This is The Prophecy Zone. All right, there were so many commercials. I had no idea that, uh, if there was another commercial coming on, but... Um, yeah, if you don't know by now, you're listening to the prophecy. <laughs> I get so carried away. Uh, we're going to be making some uh, uh, mini um, uh, commercials um, that will be used for the ministry. For instance, uh, you know, this earthquake that just happened. Uh, we got commercial for that. But uh, we, we're going to be promoting other people's ministry. And uh, not for money, not for profit, but... For promoting the gospel of Jesus Christ, uh, we're awesomely happy to bring on um, Brother uh, Eric Berger from Take a Stand Ministries. Um, uh, this guy is an awesome uh, guest. Um, I'm, I'm very much pleased to bring him on. Um, he is the author of numerous books, including the bestsellers From Rock to Rock. Entertaining and entertaining spirits unaware, the end time occult invasion, uh, and also disarming the powers of darkness. Uh, Eric has been written 
for the USA Today and has been interviewed by hundreds of print and electronic media. Now, here's some of the shows that Eric has been on, uh, both Christian and secular uh, shows such as uh, Southwest Radio Church, which I listen to frequently, uh, Christ uh, in Prophecy, which um, uh, one of the brothers uh, have been on this show. Um, also, understanding um, the end times, which uh, Jan Merkel, um, a wonderful um, lady uh, who is supposed to be on the show, uh, still trying to get her on pretty soon. Um, and unveiling the New World Order, uh, Larry Bates. So he's been on, on some awesome shows. Um, so without further ado, we're going to go ahead and bring Brother on. Brother Eric. Hey, how are you, Philip? Pretty good. How are you doing, sir? Doing great. You hear me okay? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Great. We've been having technical difficulties, so I might see on a line line. So if I cut out on you, that means somebody's probably calling. Well, um, you're coming through loud and strong on my end. Okay, great, great. Uh, let me uh, start off by asking you, how did you get started uh, in the ministry? Where you go from there? We've been uh, 28 years now in full-time uh, apologetics and, and uh, prophetic-type ministry. And uh, my wife and I both came out of a uh, an occult background. She was actually reading books on witchcraft when I met her. I was uh, practicing New Ager, involved in uh, Eastern mystic philosophies and techniques. Uh, I was also a record producer and recording engineer. I was, um, I called myself a professional drug addict and alcoholic at that point in time. Yeah. and had been uh, playing in bands and producing people, some of which whom went on to win uh, Grammy Awards and be very, very famous in the world. But anyway, uh, that's what I was doing when I... When I met Christ, actually, we we came to Christ through the work of a Christian marriage counselor. Picked him out of, at random out of the phone book one day. Called him up. Within a few months, my wife had come to Christ, and she kept going to those counseling sessions. And pretty quickly, I realized I didn't want to do that because this guy was suddenly calling me to be responsible as a husband and a father. And you know, he yeah. was really reading my mail and and talking about my lifestyle and so on. And uh, finally, after kicking and screaming for a couple of years, I came to Christ, and very quickly, God called us into ministry. And uh, in the first five years of the ministry, I wrote three books that dealt with the secular music industry because it was something I knew and understood. And and I really didn't uh, didn't know where God wanted us to go or what He wanted us to do. I just knew I couldn't stay in the recording studio where I was. I was managing a state of the art studio north of Seattle, Washington. And uh, I knew I couldn't stay there, and I didn't know how I'd feed my family or what I'd do, but I knew that I, I was finished with that. It was a god to me. It was an idol to me. And I didn't know everything about the Bible. Still don't. I'm still learning like we all are. But I've, I'd found out enough that I realized that I could no longer stay in that business and, and, uh, and be true to the convictions that, I'd, that I had. When I got saved, as many people have, when I got saved, I really got saved. I mean, it was a radical conversion. I was yeah. delivered the morning that I received Christ of all the drugs and the alcohol, all the stuff I'd done for 14 years of my life. I've been been on the dr- on drugs, and I just come off a weekend binge on cocaine. I was spending a thousand, twelve hundred, fifteen hundred bucks a week on my cocaine habit, and so that's that's where life was at to, with me. And it was a night and day experience I had, and so. Uh, or should I say a night two day experience? But that's what <laughs> yeah. happened to me. And and very quickly he called us into ministry and and I began uh, uh, writing these books and then speaking wherever doors were open. And then you know as time moves on more people find out about you. And a lot of that happened because of Christian talk radio and some of the 
some of the people who had me on in the early days, Marlon Maddox, who has gone on to be uh, with the Lord here several years ago. He was really instrumental in helping us get started and and uh, from there moved into more of apologetics and dealing with the defense of the faith and talking about uh, more of the cults and the New Age movement and the occult and the, the books you just mentioned that I've authored. And, and now today I'm dealing a lot with stuff that's going on inside the church as we see good, sound, once sound evangelical churches begin to waffle on doctrine or give up on, on truth and begin to in, embrace more emergent philosophies, and that's the stuff I deal with now today. So that's kind of a, a nutshell look at what happened in our lives. Wow. And I'm sitting here looking at your um – I got the view thing on. I don't have the um, download. I had that on earlier. And, uh, I mean, wow. Um, and if you listen to, uh, to this ministry, anybody out there, you guys know where we're coming from. Um, most of this is uh, pretty fascinating to to this to the host of this show. Um, wow. Uh, emerging church. Uh, let, me, let me ask you a question. Um, I, I, I'm sort of looking at things different than I did uh, a couple of years ago, and I, I'm pretty much sure, even at 42 years old, there's time for um, growth, uh, as long as we stay true to the Word of God. Uh, it looks like to me, and I can't put my finger on it, that all the all the movements and all the books are being written and all the music, it seems to me that everything's, Aiming towards God being a God, and I don't know if I just put jumped over the mule and got on the horse and took off, but um, everything seems to be centering towards a God within you. And what I mean by that is um, most of the uh, books, like the Shack and the um, uh, and Purpose Driven. Uh, and and some of the movements seem to be taking some taking baby steps, some taking giant leaps. Uh, and I know I know the shack is fiction, but it seems like to me that everything out there from from the movies to the music is sort of taking different levels, but taking an approach towards being a god. Uh, can you elaborate on that? Or am I just sound ridiculous? No, no. Let let me. Uh, I mean, several things come up in that in your in your statement, in your question. Both is um, one thing I want to I want to mention. Folks that say, wait a second, you're going to pick on everything. Well, listen, I, I'd be glad to give kudos and give thumbs up when I see something that that is preaching truth and standing with truth and not waffling on the scriptures and all those kind of things. When it comes to the book, The Shack, even though it is fiction, and I'm, I make it very clear in the articles I've written about it, you can. Folks can kind of track those articles and see all the rest of our stuff at ericbarger.com. And I guess I should spell that for folks just so they can get it right because I know it's important. It's E-R-I-C-B-A-R-G-E-R. That's ericbarger.com. And, uh, you know, when I wrote about this, I got a lot of flack about it. But, you know, just because something's fiction doesn't mean we should test it any way different. God doesn't tell us to test fiction any different than reality. The Scripture says test all things. And especially if something comes along and claims to be of God. And by the way, uh, the author of the shack told me personally in a 15 to 20 minute conversation I had with him, uh, he told me personally that he knew the book was teaching theology. So he knows this. And he's now come out of the closet, 
very open yeah. about the fact that he believes in universalism, that everyone is already saved. And yeah. he believes that uh, the substitutionary atonement of Christ isn't really what we've always made it out to be, that when Christ stood in substitute for my sins and for yours and for everyone else listening, that that really yeah. wasn't what it was because he says that makes the God of the Bible uh, some sort of a, of a cosmic evil God that would do that to his own son. And I say it's the most loving act that God could ever do who would who uh, knows that no one with sin can stand in his presence. He wanted to build a bridge back to himself, which is what he did when he sent Jesus to die on the cross in our place. And all we have to do is accept it and then follow him, you know. But anyway, so that's one thing that comes to my mind. The the thing you're saying about that you believe that so much of the, the Christian media or the stuff that claims to be Christian that's out there today, and sadly much of it people don't have the discernment, they're not using biblical discernment to know. They're they're going on whether something claimed to be Christian, Philip, instead of whether it really is. And anything can claim to be Christian. And yeah. so a lot of people out there, I believe, um, haven't caught on to the idea that so many of these movements, whether it be New Age, whether it be um, well, the purpose-driven life, so much of it is focused upon man instead of on God. And we're here to worship God, not man. A lot of this stuff is just about us looking for either our own force within us or yes. manipulating what we would claim to be the Holy Spirit to get what we want. I mean, there's yes. all that kind of stuff in play, and I know that's kind of a shotgun answer, but to, to a general question, yeah, there's an awful lot today that is, seems to be focused at man instead of God. Yeah, yes, indeed. Um, and uh, the Aleister Crowley, uh, Oprah Winfrey, touch on that for uh, a minute. Wow, there's a diverse uh, group or pairing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Aleister Crowley was a, the most feared Satanist of his time, and he, of course he's deceased. But, uh, I mean, he, he's the guy who was pictured on the front of the Beatles' uh, Sgt. Pepper album. And, you know, there's a reason he's on there, by the way. Somebody in the Beatles have been reading that stuff. There's a reason that Jimmy Page of Led Zeppelin wanted to buy and eventually did buy the castle that Aleister Crowley once owned. I mean, these guys were enamored with occultism and Satanism, and Crowley was definitely into all that stuff. Yeah, I just noticed what I said. It was actually A.R. Tolley or somebody. Oh, yeah, I don't know yeah, why I said yeah. that, dude. I think I was yeah, uh, Well, Crowley, Crowley doesn't have a connection with Oprah, you know, yeah, totally, right? as far as I know, anyway. But but uh, Eckhart Tolle is a different story. Eckhart Tolle, in his book A New Earth, is a book that Oprah Winfrey put in her book club, yeah. caused his book to sell a couple million copies more than it had already. He was a well-known New Age author already. Yeah. But uh, I, I've got a couple of videos uh, uh, in my YouTube site. I have a YouTube channel, as you do, and and uh-huh. folks can find that YouTube channel just by coming to ericbarger.com on our homepage, and they'll find the YouTube logo. Just click there. It takes you right to our channel. We have about um, 30 or 40 videos up there. I forget exactly how many, but there's a lot of them. And one of them is a video of Tolly with Oprah Winfrey, and uh, yeah. it also shows Oprah making statements of why she left Christianity. And it yeah. was uh, totally, I mean, totally off the wall, the stuff she said. But uh, please, Oprah is a very spiritual woman. But I, I would hate to think that anybody who's listening who cares about the Bible, who cares about Jesus Christ, who would care about what absolute truth is, I would I would really hope that nobody would think that she is somehow a Christian. Um, I mean, she has perfect right to do what she's doing. She's not breaking the law. This is America. Thank God for our freedoms. But uh, we also have the freedom to warn you, do not follow the spirituality of Oprah Winfrey. 
Uh, oh, it's wow. a great example of the idea of looking inside yourself. And one of the uh, one of the uh, definitions I give for the New Age movement when I speak, and, and of course I speak in conferences and seminars a lot. You know, that's my main focus is going out and being on the road. I'm on the road a couple hundred days a year and speak probably between three and four hundred times every year. Considering many of those uh, many of those days I'm on the road, I'm speaking multiple times, but. You know, one of the one of the, the ways I define the New Age movement is that it's any system that tells you to look inside yourself for enlightenment, wisdom, or power. Yeah. Now, I'll repeat that, and then I want want you to see how close that is to authentic Christianity. It's not, of course, it's off the wall, but it's very close. It sounds good, and unless you have discernment, which is what the church so desperately needs today, you won't know and understand that. But any system that tells you to look inside of yourself. For enlightenment, wisdom, or power is generically the New Age movement. Now, when when I got saved, at the very millisecond in time, whenever that was, and some people are fuzzy on when it might have been that they've come to Christ. I know when it was for me. In the middle of the night, February 1981, on a Sunday night going to an, into a Monday morning, I know when it was for me. But that second when I got saved, uh, the Spirit of God came to reside in me, which is what happens when you invite Christ to come into your life. Uh, yes. He promises the Holy Spirit is going to come and live in us. And yes. at that second in time when I got saved, I began to look to the Spirit of God for enlightenment, wisdom, or power. The problem is with, with Oprah and with New Age philosophies, they aren't telling you to look to the Holy Spirit. They're telling you to look to some impervious, in, in, impersonal God's God spirit, or I'm sorry, God force, some uh, some other spirit that is within you. Sometimes to our human spirit, and if we look to any other spirit except the spirit of God for spiritual power or spiritual illumination, yeah. so the frank truth is every other spirit will lead us astray, including our human spirit. Every other uh-huh. spirit will lead us astray. Only the Holy Spirit will lead us into all truth. And if we listen to these other spirits, some of them sound really good to us. Some of them sound really... I mean, you you talk to people who are into channeling and into the idea of trying to contact the spirit realm, and they have gotten some tidbit of information from the spirit realm that has begun to be the the moniker of the way they lead their lives, the stuff they're going to focus their entire life around. They've had a spiritual experience, and they aren't willing to test that experience by the absolute truth of the Bible. And there's where so many people have gone down the tube and gotten in trouble because they, yes, they have these yes, spiritual experiences without having any kind of absolute truth to test it with and, and to check it out with. And we're to test all the spirits to see if they're of God, as what it says in First, First John chapter four and verse one. So that the Scripture gives us all kinds of information and leading if we'll just keep our Bibles open yes. uh, and keep reading and keep testing what happens around us by those things not by whether it's an actual authentic spiritual experience, because way too many people, Philip, and you know this, way too many people have had spiritual experiences, and that, for them, that settles it. Well, I had a spiritual experience. It must be from God. That's not true. Just because we have a spiritual experience doesn't mean it came from God. Let's test it to make sure it came from God, to make sure it's not going to lead us astray. Because uh, yeah. every other spirit that's speaking out there that, that isn't the Holy Spirit, i got news for you, it is demonic. And we need to see yeah. it like that. Yes, indeed. I had um, attended a church a couple of years ago, and uh, I and I guess I can't get over this one. But he was asked. He told us to um, we if we uh, as associate pastor. He says uh, 
if you're hurt, um, if you if you feel a you know back pain or if you got a sickness, well, you, this is what you need to do. You need to say over and over again. You know, there's no place like home. There's no place. I'm just joking when I say that. But he was like, um, you know, I will be healed. I will be healed. And I, you know, he just kept saying it. Now, well, what do you, what, what do you think he was going with that one? I mean, you think that was some type of mysticism or something? And this is supposed to be a, a non-denominational, on fire for you know Christ Church. And then, and then I'll find one more thing he said. Uh, this is the actually is more important than the first one, but I, that's the first one I started off with. The second thing he had said, we were all in a, a group meeting, and I I don't know what meeting it was about, but anyway, uh, so long ago, he was like saying, uh, "You know that we are Christ," and I thought he meant we were of Christ, and I had my head down. I was, and I was like, "Please, you know, please repeat yourself." Uh, and I didn't say that out loud, but I was like, "What do you please?" And then he started going through the Bible, trying to show us that we are Christ. Uh, can you go ahead and elaborate on that one? And then we're gonna get well, into some of your books. <laughs> the, the the second problem you bring up is way more trou- troubling me than the first. Exactly, that's what I said. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Any anybody who tells us that we are all Christ or little gods. Uh, yeah. I mean that that is right straight out of occultism. That's yeah. that's more new age than anything else. Um as far as healing goes, I mean I, I believe with all of my heart that God heals, God saves and God delivers. He does those things. Yes, and does. Uh, but I don't believe we can command him to do those things. Or and as much exactly. I mean what what you were describing is a, a, a type of mantra, something that a Hindu would, would uh would uh, prescribe to something that New Agers would do, where they would repeat a phrase again and again and again. That's yeah. the stuff that uh, contemplative prayer is all about. That uh, taking us back to kind of a road to Rome uh, inside the uh, emergent church movement. The idea of walking through a labyrinth supposedly is going to end your search for life's meanings. And I, I'm telling you, all this stuff, uh, all this is meant to divert us from the pure and simple truth that Jesus came to set captives free and wants to heal and save and deliver, and he wants us to be his spokesman here on the earth. And, I, you know, I mean, it's just that simple. I'm his spokesman, but I'm sure not him. <laughs> Amen. Yes, yes, indeed. What do you um, uh, believe uh, is going on? Um, and I, I love this guy, you know, but... I, and I'm not trying to cover for him or nothing like that, or I'm not trying to expose him. But I'm I'm, I'm exposing the truth, the truth versus a lie. What do you think when um, Billy Graham and Robert Schuler, Billy Graham was on Robert Schuler's show, and uh, and he was preaching or, or talking about the wideness of Christianity, the wild, the wideness of. Um, uh, salvation. Or, or can you elaborate on that? Well, I want to give Dr. Graham the benefit of the doubt. I want to yeah. give him a lot of grace. I want to remember where he's at in life right now. And this doesn't mean that we can't be absolutely articulate and, and completely biblical later in life. But, yeah. you know, I mean, can I just say it honestly to say someone should try their very best to take the microphone away from him at this point? Because he has said things such as opening the the door up for the idea that that Muslims are saved, and I mean this is 
it, it's a sad scenario. I don't think the Billy Graham of the 1950s would make statements such as we're hearing these days, and we're we're hearing less of them, thankfully, especially since Larry yes, King is off the air because he would he would make these statements on Larry King and so on. And please, I don't want anybody to write me nasty notes about Billy Graham. God God knows yeah. that I I heard him early in my Christian walk. I'm so grateful oh, yeah. for the ministry he's had. I'm so thankful for his his life, yes. his testimonies, and the ministry he's leaving behind for his son Franklin, who, by the way, doesn't say any of that kind of stuff. But I know yes. there has got to have been some conversations by those who are close to him behind the scenes saying, you can't really mean these things you're saying. You can't really believe that there's a wide gate somehow, which is, that's the, the kind of, uh, I mean, that's the impression he's living, leaving us with uh, in making some of those statements he's made both to Schuler and to to uh, uh, Larry King, and I'm sure in other places as well. So I, I just want to give him grace, and at the yes, same indeed. time, I want us to say, look, test it all. E- Billy Graham, I don't care who it is. Test yeah. If it's me talking, I want people to test what I'm saying to see mm-hmm. if it lines up with the gospel. Yes, indeed, yes, indeed. Um, I, I had a friend um, just recently... Um, me, I was visiting him, and we were talking, um, and uh, I never heard how he felt about, you know, Christianity. I haven't heard this full story, so we finally able to sit down and talk about it and just talk. And um, I was talking to him about uh, faith or saving faith. Uh, produces fruit, um, and he took it to believe that I was saying that a person can be saved by works, uh, and I don't know how he got that. So I was sitting there showing him the Bible, and he was also uh, talking about. Uh, uh, I was showing him the various uh, groups that were not into the kingdom of God. And he was actually elaborating that the grace of God can cover everything, even someone who is practicing the sin at that time. Um, what do you say to a person or a movement, and it, I'm pretty sure you got a name for this movement, who believes that easy believism, that um, we can get saved, and produce no fruit, no change, no cre- change of creature. Now, I don't know, I understand the process. You know, it's a life where you learn, sure. you fall, you get up, and you walk. And, but God produces power uh, for us to be be uh, set free. All right. I know he let, set let me, me free from various um, devices. So sure. what I'm trying to get to is, is there a movement that justifies everyone will go to heaven no matter what you're doing at the time of death. Okay. Uh, and can you elaborate on that? Um, let me say, first of all, that in no way do I believe in sinless perfection. Yep. Okay? I, I believe that there are as much repentance uh, that I practice even in my life today, and not just even, but as my life goes on, it seems like God points out more things that he wants me to change in my life because yeah. he's interested in building my character and me. And uh, I believe there's always going to be this this process. And as you said, that it is a process. But uh, you, you kind of have asked two questions, I think. Uh, you're yeah. asking, is there a movement in Christianity that, uh, that uh, t- 
teaches such easy believism that people just have an impression that if they've just made a side swipe at Christ, that that's all that matters. I take it that liberalism, uh, I, I don't know. Well, I, that's been all through. I mean, liberalism is built on works more than anything. It's not built really on a relationship with Christ. It's built on oh, how okay. good a person I am. And if I'm if I'm a good person, then, you know, all that matters is I do good stuff. And that's what so many of the uh, the, the once very evangelical but now mainline churches are teaching in their seminaries and, of course, in their Sunday school rooms as well. So is there a movement that says, um, you know, if I just think the right things or think the right thoughts or, or if I just say, you know, Jesus come into my life and then I never repent of my sins, is there a movement like that? Yeah, there is. I mean, if you look at page 38, The Purpose Driven Life, you have an example of, of that very thing where the most known supposed evangelical preacher of our day, Rick Warren, uh, tells people if they think a little prayer that that's all they have to do, and now suddenly they're a member of the family of God. There's nothing in that book, nothing from cover to cover, that deals with the the, uh, the fact of repentance. And as I read the Bible, I believe the Bible te- clearly teaches on more than one occasion that without repentance there really is no salvation. So uh, I think one of the things you might be getting at is maybe people need to examine, am I really saved? Uh, have I accepted Christ, have I have I decided to move on with Him? Have I turned everything in my life over? Uh, have I, to my best ability, repented of my sins? It doesn't mean that we're not going to sin, but are you repentant of those things? Yeah. Becomes some sort of an easy path. Now, that's one thing I think you're saying. The second thing is, is there a movement out there that says that everybody is already saved, and without any doubt? There is a movement right now, a growing movement, that talks about the idea that Christ, when he died on the cross, that means that everyone is now already saved, and there's no need to repent. There's no need for a personal conversion. There's no need to pray the sinner's prayer, for example, or a prayer inviting Christ into our lives, what we, what we commonly call the sinner's prayer. I mean, yeah. and those same people, that same movement, are also saying there is no divine retribution, there is no hell, that the substitutionary penal atonement of Christ uh, isn't what the church has always made it to be. Uh, Just recently, and I'll kind of give the the listeners uh, a clue of a great article I just read yesterday, Uh, Dr. Albert Moeller, who is one of my favorite teachers, the guy is so Uh terrific. He's more Calvinistic than I am, but I can get by with that. He's written a great article about hell, two of them actually, part one and part two, that everybody ought to read. It's not that I think we ought to focus on hell, but we ought to understand there are a lot of people that are trying to do away with it just because they think it's so old-fashioned. And uh, hell is just as hot as it was the day I was born and a thousand years before, and it's going to be just as hot for all eternity, and just like heaven's going to be just as wonderful. And people should be trying to flee from from ever ha- from having any affiliation with going to hell in any way they can. <laughs> that's yeah. what that's what I exist, and I'm sure that's why you do what you do. This, we're not yeah. just sitting here on the radio tonight or on the internet just trying to prove how right we are and how wrong we think others are. This is all yeah. about whether people get to eternity with God or whether they are doomed forever. And that's why I'm so passionate about this, about what I see going on in the emergent church movement and liberalism inside the church and and universalism being taught as normal in Christian churches. When I hear this kind of stuff, this is why my ministry exists, and I realize that it's been all these years in the making to get me to where I am now, that I can speak on these things and try to articulate some of these problems to make people think twice before they dive in to these uh, 
really specious belief systems that we see around us today. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Uh, I'm going to swing somewhere else. You're going to almost think i got mental problems because it ain't got nothing to do with what I just, we just got to talking about. But talk to me about these movies that came out recently, like the Twilights and um, and any other movie you can think of, even the cartoons that, that are out. Uh, talk to me what you know about Hollywood and its production of the movies. and What is its effect on the church? And, sure. and what's his opposition towards Christianity? Well, the, the, the Twilight movies and books are so popular, especially among teenagers and teenage girls in particular. Yeah. Uh, I've been saying for a long time, what could make teenage girls have an affinity for vampires? And the answer to that is acceptance, because that's what they're offered by this movie. They're offered acceptance. Uh, that Loners are offered acceptance inside vampirism. And uh, more than that, too, uh, it's a yeah. family, it's a unique family scenario that they've has been constructed in these movies. Of course, Stephanie Meyer, the author of the books, is a, is a Mormon. Some of her Mormon theology shows up in the books. And we wrote uh, a very quick and easy-to-read booklet about the Twilight series. And in it, I pointed out that vampires need blood to live, just like yeah. Christians need Christ's blood to live. Yeah. That there's life in the blood, and vampires, the whole the whole idea of vampires, that this is something that people who are into occultism understand. But you and I understand that Jesus and his blood has changed us, and is the, the atonement for us, you know. So there's a, a mockery of the blood of Christ going on. By the way, I have a this little book, but people can download it from our website. It's easy to find on our website. Again, that's ericbarger.com, or they can request one. And uh, yeah. I didn't mention this earlier, but I better do it right now, or I'm going to forget. Uh, okay. Any of the listeners, any of the listeners that are uh, interested in our ministry, there's a link top left on our homepage, and uh, it just says something like uh, "Heard Eric on radio or TV." I mean, that's the question. I'm going to go there and look at it, get the exact words. Yeah, if you found us through radio or TV, click here. It says it's, it's in yellow print. Yeah. Uh, they click there. They can fill out a form. We'll send them a free information pack, and in it, that will include not only a recent newsletter and some other information. It's also going to include a free CD of my message, The Most Dangerous Cult. And yeah. so uh, I'm going to offer that to anybody who writes us. If you're not currently in our database already, we'll be glad to uh, to uh, send you that as long as you click on that link and fill out the form that's underneath that link. It says, if you found us through radio or TV, click here. It's right at the top of our homepage, ericbarger.com, actually right underneath my picture. And uh, they'll be able to, to get that free CD. Now, okay, as far please. as some of the other movies and cartoons, Phil, there's there's so much of it out there. Uh, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to uh, go down the list of the top TV shows, the top movies, the top cartoons, the top books, the top video games, and the top Internet sites to realize that we are hooked on the supernatural. I yeah. point this stuff out in, in a lot of depth in the book, Entertaining Spirits Unaware. Yeah. And uh, that's uh, available several places. On, they can get it from our website. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, we are yeah. hooked on the supernatural. But the problem is in that we are not hooked on God. Yeah. We want supernaturalism, but we want it our way. We want to form and shape and make it what we want it to be instead of what God's Word speaks to it. And God's Word speaks directly about this stuff. The problem is we don't want to listen to that. We want to we want to follow this occult supernaturalism, and it's obvious the world is hooked on it. And I'll tell you where I think this is going, brother. 
Please. I have a message. I have a message about uh, the the supernatural and the occult and the affinity that the world has for today and how that's a prophetic thing. I believe this is this is part of Bible prophecy at work. And I I won't get into all the Greek that I uh, read to understand that the Greek behind the words that we that we read in our English Bibles. But I will I will tell you this much. I believe the rise of the supernatural is a very prophetic thing, and I believe that Antichrist could not come until there was a sufficient conditioning or desensitizing period, and that's exactly where we are today. The world is in a conditioning period to condition us for signs and wonders, and let's look at how good the computer graphics are today, even in the advertising. I mean, you and I, we all watch ads on television that are so real, you have to go, how did they do that? And uh, we are being conditioned to accept supernaturalism as normal. And nobody, no generation has ever gone through this kind of thing before. And now we are pretty much prepared that when Antichrist shows up, we won't think, think anything about it. In fact, a lot of people in the culture will say, Boy, he's got the power that I want. That's the stuff I've watched on video games for years. That's the stuff I've fed myself every Friday or Saturday or every Monday and Tuesday, whenever it was, at the movies or on television. And and you take a look around. The whole culture is addicted to supernaturalism. But once again, it's a conditioning process, and I believe this is exactly what Paul is talking about in Second Thessalonians chapter 2. And uh, yeah. in, that, in this message I've got about the supernatural and Bible prophecy, uh, you know, I go through nine verses of Second Thessalonians 2. It takes about a half hour to go through those nine verses and to explain what is being said by Paul, what the warnings he's given the Thessalonians. And this is some of the best input we have in the Bible about the end times. And he's warning us that this stuff has to happen. When it says the coming of the lawless one would be in accordance with the work of Satan, displayed in all kinds of counterfeit miracle signs and wonders, you look at that that word coming, for example, and that's one of the English versions of the Bible I just quoted. The word coming there is about the time period before he actually appears, and that's right where we are today. Yeah, in that be, period yeah, approaching the Antichrist, yeah. we'll we'll be we'll go through a conditioning period of counterfeit miracle signs and wonders. Well, take a look at what you're seeing on television, uh, on in the movies, and on the video games. Those aren't real. Those are counterfeit miracle signs and wonders. And I believe that the, the Greek so clearly paints this picture and gives us such a, a a real, accurate view of the very day that we live in today. I believe that the rise of the occultism and supernaturalism that we see through the media is a, really a fulfillment of um, of one of the many fulfillments we see of Bible prophecy. Yeah, um, the supernatural says that um, in the book of uh, Revelations, um, it talks about uh, the image of the beast and, and all these other things. And it also says, um, uh, I forgot what book it is. You probably can help me out here. Where the, uh, I think it's the Revelation, when the false prophet calls fire from down on earth uh, in, the, in, the, in the sight of um, uh, the Antichrist. Uh, so it seems like a, a lot of mysticism is going to be taking place. And then the Bible says that, and he should, and God should send him a strong delusion, and they'll believe the lie. Um, yeah, now that's just, that's Second Thessalonians chapter two that you just quoted yeah. uh, that part, and, and that's exactly right. And there's going to be a lot of mysticism and a lot of miracle signs and wonders going on when Antichrist shows up. However, what I'm talking about is before Antichrist shows up, 
There'll be a lot of things that will look real but won't be. That's what a counterfeit is. Are In other words, it's all about. It's. I'm sorry. Are you? Do you believe the? You believe in the rapture, right? You betcha. And I'm a pre-tribber. Yeah. Uh, however, I've, I've got great friends who are post-tribbers, and yeah, me too. we have great conversations about it. I never break fellowship with people about it. It's yes, not indeed. a central essential doctrine. I think it's a very important doctrine, but not something I would ever break fellowship about. Uh, but you know, I believe there's going to be lots of counterfeit signs and wonders take place before Antichrist shows up, just to, to condition the mindset of the people, and, and that's that's what I see going on today. I, yeah, I, I got a whole any, any doubt about it. So, uh, I'm sorry. The UFOs, the UFOs. Um, what part would they play? Would they play any part in the strong? Oh, I delusion? think that's. I think that's part of the conditioning. I, people yeah. are so seeking for for uh, supernaturalism. I, I believe that we know what the UFOs are. If people have indeed had encounters with the UFOs, which I I happen to believe they have, I believe they're not unidentified. I believe we can identify where they came from. I believe these things are demonic apparitions, and yeah. of course there are a lot of people in Christianity today who are trying to somehow marry Christianity up with secular science, which is a mistake. Uh, um, Christianity should never be at the mercy of the secular scientists or educators. We're trying to marry it up somehow so we can uh, gain some sort of, of respect in their eyes, which I really don't care to have. If they don't want to come to Christ, they don't want to accept him by faith, I can't help them much. And uh, yeah. it, won't, it doesn't help the, the cause of Christ in trying to somehow water down Christianity to make some secular educator happy or some secular scientist or curriculum writer happy. And I, I think a lot of them uh, have come to the conclusion that UFOs must be from other planets. And I tell you what, if I ever have an encounter with a UFO that appears to be some sort of a spaceship, the first question I'm going to have is, who is Jesus Christ to you and do you serve him? Yeah. You know, that's the question I'll have because that, that really will sum up the whole deal. Uh, everything in this universe is subject to God and his son, Jesus Christ. And, and if yeah. we have that view as Christians, if we understand it like that, then at that point we understand everything else will then fall in line. If we understand that everything is subject to God and God has given us his word, He is he's not... Uh, he's able to to keep his word, and he's not let it go by the boards. He has kept his word. He, If he's the God of the universe that can make you and I, and he could uh, instigate DNA, and if he could make the stars we see in the galaxies at night when we look out on a starry night, if he can do all that, he can he can keep his word, and he's given us his word to follow, and this is the, the whole deal of life for me is to follow what his word says. Yes, indeed, that is that is the truth. What is uh, the cult of relativism in your book? Well, uh, relativism, you know, I mean, there it's all around us. It's the idea that you make up your rules. A lot of people would call it postmodernism. See, if we yeah. don't have absolute standards, then we're going to believe relative standards of morality. We're going to accept relative standards and principles about what truth is. And a lot of people say, well, look, you know, I, I know that God loves me. I'm a good person, and I'm I'm not as bad as Osama bin Laden. I'm not as bad as Adolf Hitler, so I know that I'll make it into heaven. I mean, I've had yeah. people tell me that to my face yeah. in churches. And I'll just say, look, when does God grade on a curve? How are you getting that? You don't find it anywhere yeah. in the Bible. 
But this is what people, you know, they want to believe that God will judge them based on they're not as bad as somebody else or as so-and-so in history. So relativism, that's how relativism has come in to water down the gospel. And, and you know, it seems awfully cold and hard. You've heard this before. It seems so cold and hard and callous by we evangelicals who are really evangelicals, who really believe the Bible, who really want to follow his word, when we make statements like, you know, people are going to perish who don't want to follow what God's word says. And he doesn't make up uh, subjective rules along the way. He doesn't base his judgment uh, upon people's lives in eternity uh, based on his feelings. He wishes none would perish. The Bible teaches that. He wants all to come to repentance, but that's the story. He wants us all to come to repentance. In other words, we come to Christ and we repent. And so um, a lot of people just want to have it their way. You know, this is part of the homogenizing of Christianity to make it more of what man wants it to be instead of what God wants it to be. Yeah, exactly. A lot of uh, a lot of uh, phony baloney. Uh, what about our purpose-driven? Um, uh, what is uh, what is it? Well, I mean, what's the main purpose of purpose-driven? <laughs> if you mind me asking. Well, <laughs> I uh, I wrote a a 30-page, 8.5 by 11-size page paper about this. People can get it either in print from us in our bookstore on on the website, or they can download it as a PDF file up online, our website. We have, by the way, about 1,000 pages, more like 1,100 pages of documentation on the website now, so it's just not some sort of an advertisement for the ministry. It's a resource center. Anyway, and when I wrote that, I mean, I took, took my time. I talk about 11 different uh, uh, things in the purpose-driven life, 11 different principles that I believe are non-biblical. Yeah. And uh, uh, it's it starts out, the purpose-driven life starts out with, with Rick Warren making the statement that, remember, this isn't about you, it's about God. And then the rest of the book, the entire book, is about us. <laughs> it's about what we can get out of Christianity. It, it's yeah. not about serving, worshiping him. It's about us. And yeah. Uh, it also includes the whole, you know, as I already pointed out, the the whole notion that you don't need to repent to become a Christian, that you just think a little prayer and suddenly you're saved. That's on page 38. Yeah. What Warren has done, uh, you know, the purpose-driven life is the is the keystone of his of his life, and mm-hmm. it's made him who he is. It's obviously made him multimillionaire, which I'm I'm not, not opposed to free market system working. But I want to point out it's given him um it's given him a a position, if you will, a place where he can now speak to other things. This is why he goes up to Yale University with a number of the heretical professors and theologians up there and signs a paper declaring that Allah and Jehovah are the same God, even though every Muslim cleric, who be honest with you, will tell you that's that's not accurate. But here's Warren falling in step with these other evangelicals, including Robert Schuller and so many others, and Leif Anderson, and I could go on and on, who have signed this paper saying that Allah and Jehovah are, are the same God. And, and yeah. so it's the homogenizing, the drawing together of world religions into one system. And let me tell you, brother, as you already know, because I know what your show's all about, you already know that there has got to be a world religion in place when Antichrist shows up. That will be one of the three tiers of the Antichrist system. And it won't be formed just after he shows up. It's got to be well in place beforehand. And this is what we see today. 
when we see people who claim to be evangelicals, such as Rick Warren and Leith Anderson, joining hands with Muslims. And as this happened last week, you may be aware, they joined hands. Uh, the NAE, the National Association of Evangelicals, had decided mm-hmm. to join hands with Mormons and basically give Mormonism a pass. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the stuff we see going on all around us today in the day we live in. I'm telling you, if these aren't the signs that Jesus is ready to return, I don't know what there is. There, there are so wow. many of them out there, so many things that, that paint the picture that we need to be ready and watchful and proclaiming his truth before he gets yeah. us. Yeah, exactly. And, I, and I'm glad you touched on that um, as far as the missing up of um, the different religions. Um, because I, I, I know that God is trying to point into me something that is taking my hard-headed um, views a while to figure this out, but it's almost as if all roads are leading to the same spot. Um, and and it's a development. It's even, even outside of the religious circles, even in the secular circles without, you know, religion. Everything is, is, is they out there are teaching me, 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 the me society, which in turn is religion because you're focusing right back to yourself and you're number one, you're number uno. So everybody seems to be performing religious acts. It's just a matter of uh, what you're doing. Um, like, for instance, a you know, beautiful, innocent, older lady at the old folks' home is knitting and crochet. I mean, whatever her focus is, God bless her, um, that's, uh, somebody might say, well, religion is not around this individual person. But society teaches us that we should focus in, uh, and it's natural, because when you're not going to take care of your own self. Even the Bible addresses that as a husband. What kind of husband who won't, should love his wife to be, what kind of husband who ain't going to take care of himself or love himself? But the Bible never addressed, it, uh, addressed to us to love ourselves, if you ever notice that. The Bible right. never addresses the individual. Now, it relates to the wife. A husband should love his wife as he loves her himself. And it addresses the fact that the husband is supposed to be loving himself because that's a natural thing to be happening. So um, the difference between Christianity is it focuses on Jesus Christ as Savior of the world, and through him, his vehicle, the church, through the Holy Spirit, preaches the gospel. But other religions teach self-worship. You're going to be able to come back as a rotten potato. I mean, it teaches, you know. Um, Self-esteem is going even, to be able to be, yeah. 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 Even TBN demotes. Uh, this is what I want to talk about. I don't, I'm sorry I even blabbed my mouth for that long. You got me excited. Man, I wish <laughs> we could go for three hours. But, uh, well, here, here's one thing I wanted to ask you about, and, and I'm sorry I talked so long. TBN, some of those guys on TBN, God bless some of them. Uh, but um, I've seen and heard, um, I don't know if you ever, you know, Hank Hennigram. I don't know if I'm saying his name right. But um, he, I don't like everything he does, but he had uh, written a book called uh, Christianity in Crisis. And it was, it was sort of like he had played out a role uh, play uh, where he, he would uh, uh, preach the word, he would uh, articulate these guys and their movement through a story. And these guys were talking about, they were demo- it seems like they were just like the Mormons. 
They were demoting Jesus, promoting Satan, and then putting themselves on even par with all three of them. That was really weird by itself. Well, um, it, it's let's take it out of the sphere of just TV. And let's just say, you know, well-known Christian leaders, some on TV, some on radio, some not, but each and every one of them, we need to put to the test of what the Scripture says. Yeah. See, that that's really the bottom line. Does yeah. the Scripture say what they are saying, what they're what they're preaching? And I, I put myself in that camp. Anybody, you, all of us, we all yeah. should be tested by our listeners. That way yeah. the listeners will first, hey, look, if I'm testing what somebody else is teaching, that means I'm reading the Scripture, I'm searching the Bible, I'm being what the, the book of Acts calls a Berean, I'm checking out what is being taught around me to make sure it's of God. Remember, the Bereans tested what what uh, the apostles were teaching to make sure it was of, of God. How much more do we need to be doing that today? Certainly more than, uh, or as much as in the day of the apostles. We need to be testing it ourselves. And yeah. so uh, I can't speak for what Hanegraaff might have said or, or not said per, per se, and and uh, you'll not find any links to Hanegraaff's site on my site, but that's on <laughs> That's a completely another story and for other reasons, only because I was a, a great fan and was mentored by Dr. Walter Martin and, and yeah. uh, will forever be thankful for his memory. And that's something that I don't see a whole lot going on there at um, at uh, CRI right now. But anyway, we can pray yeah. for a difference on that. Yes, yes. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Um, uh, I, I would love to get you on um, again. It's uh, kind of hard. When you just all of a sudden just started, because uh, I started looking at your your site a couple of days ago, and I decided today just to go off one book, and uh, entertaining spirits have been something uh, that uh, uh, caught caught my attention for the last couple of months about the um, production of movies and cartoons and video games. Um, and that's that's something that's gotten me. Then there's other things where it's, you have a book on the cult and, and the New Age movement, and it's just so much to cover. It's just like, and then I got excited <laughs> oh, I at the end, so I was like, oh, man. That's good. That's no problem, brother. I'm I'm glad to be on with you. And, uh, yes, and I encourage folks to go and and, uh, and uh, just click the link about ra- being hearing me through radio and TV, and we'd be glad to send them a free info pack and a free CD as well of the, of the message I mentioned earlier. So, um, all right. Thank you really so much, appreciate brother. It, Phil. Uh, God bless you. You have a wonderful week. Thanks a lot. Nice to be with you. Thank you. Bye. bye. All right. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back in a second. We'll be back. What you just heard was an actual recording of my daughter's heartbeat within my womb. And ever since my husband Jeff saw our moving, active, vibrant daughter by way of live ultrasound image and heard her precious heartbeat within the womb, he's been horrified that we as a society legally kill our children at this stage of life. As a society, we legally kill our children. This is the greatest human rights issue of our day. To join in the conversation, Fridays, 9 to 11, visit WeKillChildren.org and find the show. That's WeKillChildren.org.
I didn't think I was going to be able to, well, actually, Chris, I, I sort of uh, didn't think I was going to get him because I was reading the emails and I had a brain fart and, and I thought I told him to be on on a different date. And, well, everything turned out pretty darn good. Uh, I, I'm blessed. Uh, um, the website, uh, we're trying to get the website done. Hopefully it'll be done by the first uh, a week of April, probably way before that, hopefully. And uh, we're going to have a place to go and commune. Um, I am blessed to be uh, uh, to have this uh, brother um, build the website for us, uh, and we're just going to play it by ear. But uh, the numbers, we, I mean, we, we're not a number type of people, but at the same time, uh, when you're reaching the world, and you know you can do way better than you're doing. Uh, it, it, it's a blessing. Um, we get, we're we're at uh, without a website, it's not going to go any higher until we can uh, spread our wings and go on these video outlets like YouTube and and um, and uh, Ultimate Tube and GodTube and all these other tubes. And uh, uh, it, it's it's I'm finding it really hard to do these things without a website. And we're, we're not pointing anybody back to a focus point and a main hub. And it's been, it becomes very difficult. We're at like eight, we're going to 8,000 listens in the month and of um, March. I can just about tell because we went to 7,000 listens. But we can be over 100,000 listens in one month. Uh, because there was a time when we only had 100 listens a month. And now we're going up. We're we're heading towards ten thousand listens, and probably a year from here, the Lord wills, we'll be at ten thousand listens, and probably more than that, way more than that. Uh, also, WWCR will be an entity that we like to channel into, and our and also our, our YouTube videos are going to go way up in quality. Uh, we just kind of stick them up there and say, "What the heck," you know? See what God does. We got to took some of the, some of the most pitiful videos of mine and gave them four or five thousand views. So uh, without further ado, we're going to uh, have way better videos in the future. And that ought to bring us a couple uh, hundred thousand to I mean, our goal is a, a million or over people. Uh, uh, we're not Benny Hinn. We're not trying to buy a jet. Uh, we're not, you know, we're not these guys, and we pray for these guys. We got to pray for them. Make sure you keep them in your prayers, uh, you know, and 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 don't always look for the Eddie loans of the world to do wrong and the Creflo dollars to do wrong. While you got to look in the mirror at yourself, uh, it, it, it behooves me and it makes me laugh how some Christians go look in the mirror, at, um, go look at Facebook or go look at some entity about. Keek, uh, Mr. Long, Eddie Long, but uh, we won't look in the mirror at ourselves. The Bible says that uh, if someone says that they have no sin, they're a liar, and the truth is not in them. So uh, the Bible teaches us a daily repentance. So if we're not repenting daily of our sins, we're, we're probably no more born again than what we think Eddie Long and all these other guys are. So be sure to look in the mirror, and I'll look in the mirror also. Uh, God bless y'all, and y'all have a wonderful day. See y'all later.